Holly G with the Golf Insiders. It was historic, epic, colossal, a blockbuster, ginormous victory for Team USA in the 43rd Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. I don't know how any golf fan could have missed what we were treated to over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday up in Kohler, Wisconsin. And he was there for the entire week. As always, our big dog and golf insider, Bob Herring from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, how you doing, Holly? I know these weeks are exhausting. Um, so, so much uh, going on. But uh, golf fans worldwide were really treated to something special and a huge future transition we're seeing for Team USA moving forward. Yeah, you know, I think how tired I am during those things. I can't imagine how the players must feel. I was exhausted. Yeah, because, you know, they've got to deal with the cool temperatures and and a tricky course, a lot of wind, walking. You know, especially if you play both sessions, it's a uh, it's a draining week, no question. Which is why, you know, another thing about the Ryder Cup, about uh, having young guys, you know, it, it uh, that that's a that's a consideration. You know, those those Friday and Saturdays are 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 tough, mentally tough days and physically. And uh, you know, the U.S. really put a pounding on them. I I, I have to admit, I'm really surprised by that. Uh, I did not see that coming. Um, I, I thought the U.S. would win, but I've thought that before. And, you know, I, I'm not convinced if they played a month from now that the result wouldn't be a lot closer. I just think that it everything aligned. You know, you had a bunch of guys playing well. Makes me think, too, that having a break after the Tour Championship and not going right into it helps. You know, they had... They had basically two full weeks where they didn't, uh, you know, where they didn't have tournament golf. You know, and I don't think any Americans played in those two weeks. Um, pretty, pretty positive about that. So, you know, that helps. All, all those things help when you have this big long week ahead, and and those guys took advantage of everything that they that they had going for them. Yes, and it and it um, it. From what Steve Stricker said, Captain Steve Stricker, who, uh, of course, we got the expected uh, bountiful bucket of tears after uh, winning, as well as before the event even started, you got to love Steve Stricker, just uh, (laughs) such an emotional, wear-it-on-your-sleeve kind of guy. But uh, strategically, you know, he perhaps um, out outplayed the Europeans in terms of preparation. He said he got the guys there early. He said everybody was on board from the players to the vice captains and caddies for all the preliminary practice rounds. It really sounded like they they really gelled, uh, you know, right from the get-go, and, and that was a key. Yeah, you know, I don't think you can underplay or, I mean, overplay um, the fact that having a little bit of extra time at the course is important. Um, Especially this you know, course. Right. And, I mean, it hurt the U.S. and France. Now, people said, oh, a guy should have gone and played the French Open. I think that's asking a little bit too much. I mean, they, as it is, they give up a lot to do this. And to go play the French Open in July, I don't think it's going to give you a whole lot of 
um, insight into how the course is going to play in late September, I mean, other than just knowing the routing. You know, I don't know that that matters. But having been there a week before for a day or two, I think that mattered. You know, I, I think they were to able to sort a few things out, get a sense of where to hit it, get a sense of if, you know, I'm, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing they did work on alternate shot there. And that's, you know, that's obviously a format that's tricky. And, uh, I, you know, I think that's something to consider going forward. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how you're going to do that in Italy in a couple of years um, unless you went the week before, uh, which, again, you can overdo it. But the, the preparation part of it, I think, was important. So was the youth, not having a lot of guys who had been there before who hadn't had the losing scar tissue, and also the length. You know, guys who were suited to the course. I mean, uh, look at Ron and Rory and and, uh, and 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 Shane Lowry and, you know, some of those guys, Paul Casey, they're not shorts. Uh, but, you know, the, the U.S. had Finau, Dustin, uh, JT, uh, Bryson, Kepka, Finau. Those guys hit it far. And, and that obviously helped a lot at uh, Whistling Straits. And they were firing on all cylinders. You know, there was a lot made about the numbers on paper, you know, the world rankings. Uh, clearly, the U.S. had a huge advantage. But all 12 of the team, uh, the players, made it through the tour championship. I mean, you know, these guys were on their game coming in. It, it, certainly, it certainly showed. And Stricker got everything out of all of these guys. Exactly, and they bought in. And you know what? I was, even though he said afterward that uh, um, that you know Brooks and Bryson actually said they had wanted to play together, he was very smart to resist that urge, if there was an urge. Why? Why bring any more drama into it? Smart. You know, they kind of they kind of negated that at the you know all week. You know, they both downplayed it. They weren't ever in the same practice round group. So there was no chance for anybody to say, look, they're not talking to each other. There was just no chance to heighten that. And, you know, it, it turned out to not matter. They bought in. They, they found a good partner for Bryson and Scotty Scheffler. Fantastic. And, and, you know, we go back to when he was picked, and it seems like that was the idea all along. And also Scheffler, you know, Stricker had mentioned Scheffler being – Rom and Poulter at the match play. Yes. And sure enough, doesn't he beat Rom in singles? I mean, he's got to be coming out of these matches, Scotty Scheffler, with bucket loads of confidence. No question. Now, now the next thing for him is to uh, is to is to get a is to get a win on tour. You know, um, it's hard to imagine uh, it's not going to come soon after this. Exactly, and I, and I mean, you know, he's the rare guy. In fact, I don't know that there's – I think there's nobody in the modern era who actually played in and was on the winning U.S. Ryder Cup side without having won first. Like, Ricky Fowler and Jeff Overton played in the 2010 Ryder Cup, and neither had won. Uh, but, of course, the U.S. lost that Ryder Cup. And uh, – Overton never has a one. In fact, you know, he's been out, and, and obviously Ricky has gone on to win. But it's pretty rare. I mean, usually you've, you've accomplished a, a lot more to be, to be on one of those teams. And the fact that Stricker picked him 
you know, it shows that he did his homework. You know, he, he really did. And I think that might have been something that's been lacking in some of our captains. I know there's a lot of second-guessing of the picks now in 2018, although I think you'd be hard-pressed to go back in the moment and not pick who Furyk picked. But, you know, I don't know that he thought through pairings very well at the time. You know, and uh, uh, it's um, – I think we're learning. They're learning. Those foursomes pairings are really important. You know, they'll be smart next year at the President's Cup. Davis will be the captain. He was the assistant here. You know he's going to have guys involved who will be at the next Ryder Cup. You know, trot out these guys you want to play in foursomes because uh, it, it, it works to have them play together and get used to each other. Well, it sounded, too, so. like, uh, you know, the, the players had a lot of input. I think Stricker, having, you know, been a player very close to a lot of these guys, you know, felt that that was important and that there's just a whole different mindset behind the scenes now in terms of the approach to these matches. No question. I mean, I think, you, I think you've got some guys who have really bought in. They enjoy it. They love it. They, you know, I think putting a pounding on Europe made them feel good. Now, look, they've set themselves up for, you know, they're going to – I am not, even though I wrote that, look, they have set themselves up for a great future, I also threw in the disclaimer, it's the Ryder Cup and a lot can happen. You know, we don't know who it is right now, but somebody's going to emerge for Europe. They're going to be motivated to play very well in two years. You know, somebody else pointed out, and it's a great point, Molinari was not part of this team. He was 5-0 and in Paris. Molinari wasn't even on the 16 team that, the U- you know, that lost to the U.S., he emerged very quickly and was, was really, really good, and now he sort of lost his game. Actually, you know, I think he's played decently lately, but he, he had some issues and he fell off and he wasn't even a thought to be picked. You know, it, it can change that fast. It can change that fast for some of the Americans. And what could be more motivation than playing in Rome in two years, Bob, for Molinari? Exactly. Viva Rome. Yep. It could be very interesting. Um Bryson, certainly a shining star, seemed to so embrace the Ryder Cup uh, and, of course, made a lot of Ryder Cup moments, you know, from that 417-yard drive on number five on Saturday and then stepping up on Sunday, 354 yards, driving the par four, sinking the putt for eagle. OMG! (laughs) Yeah, Bryson... I, uh, I, re- I, I, I really think that, uh, that Bryson did himself proud. You know, he, uh, uh, I think I, he I shifted think he, a lot of opinions about him, yeah, don't you? Yeah, I think you? so, too. Yep. And I don't know yep. uh, if you were in the presser. Uh, I, I, kudos to Justin Thomas. He's, he's really been needling uh, these guys, Bryson and Brooks, as I think only JT could do. Um, you know, and getting them to, you know, hug it out at the end of the press conference and then uh, saw a few of these T-shirts that were floating around, Bob, after uh, the the winning ceremonies. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, listen, you know these guys are going to profit off this somehow. I don't know if it's through that, but I'm pretty convinced there's going to be a match of some sort. Absolutely. Um, You can see it coming. Good for them. I think uh, all the way around we thought – Perhaps Team USA was the 
softer, gentler, quieter Team USA, that couldn't have been further from the truth. I mean, look at, you know, just the emotion that came out of Patrick Cantley and, you know, so so many of these guys. Exactly. Yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun to see. I think the idea that the Americans don't care should be put to rest. I never believed that even when they were getting beat. Bad. Do we think the Europeans don't care because they got trounced? <laughs> of course they do. Sometimes it happens. I mean, listen, it, it, you can point to a lot of things over the years as to why this went this way. You know, why the U.S. got beat. You know, you know this guy, that guy, pairings, Tiger didn't care, Phil didn't care. I don't buy that. You know, I think what we're learning more now is, is Tiger was difficult to find a partner for. You know, and that just – and. The, the combination of not getting him the right partner and him not succeeding was like, instead of losing one point, it was like losing two. Agreed. You know, it just sort, it's just sort of like permeated. Think about it. Tigers played on one winning Ryder Cup team. It just doesn't make sense. You know, and Phil's only played on three. You know, and so some of it is – is just these, you know, getting the right pairings. You can't just throw an all-star team out there. I think that's the other thing we've learned. You know, you can't just throw. You know, you've got to have guys that I don't. I don't buy into this whole team concept thing because you're only playing with one or two other guys. But you need to be able to have some ability to play. You know, get along with that guy and, and have your games mesh. And I'm not sure that was always the case. There are numerous examples over the years where guys were paired together and hadn't practiced together. There, there was this change after the first session, and they decided, let's, they panicked, and they tried to do something. And, and, you know, that just can't work. I mean, Stricker went up 3-1 to one on Friday morning, and he stuck to his plan. You know, like a lot of us wondered, why would you not have Shoffley and, uh, and Cantley play again together in the afternoon? Yes. Well, because cause he had a plan to have them play with somebody else, you know. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, and he stuck to it. Europe did that in, in 2018. They got wiped out in the first session, three to one, and Bjorn didn't change. You know, he stuck with what he was planning to do, and they won that session four to zero. So they led five to three after the first day. And you, you thought that the U.S. was down by ten. The mood had changed so much. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. Speaking of Europe and the European team, absolute grace and class in defeat, Bob. Uh, their their press conference uh, afterwards, which we know is always extremely tough when you're on the losing side. Uh, Captain Patrick Harrington, uh, you know, just uh, was terrific. And... My goodness, Rory McIlroy, uh, how emotional Rory was in the moment after uh, his win, which I was, I, even I was rooting for Rory for that victory, but I know he felt he let, he let the team down, but what a change from his first Ryder Cup, uh, what, uh, 10, 11 years ago? Yeah, exactly. You know, I wrote about that going in, Rory. Rory, uh, you know, when he was 20 years old, basically said it's an exhibition and it's not that big of a deal to me. And everybody chuckled at the time and and, and obviously saw where you know, they figured out he would, he would learn, and he did. He learned in his first one. 
you know, he's he's always owned that. He's been good about it. And uh, look at how it has impacted him now. You know, means a lot. It stinks when you don't play well. You know, it stinks when you feel like you're letting your team down. And, uh, you know, for the first time ever, Roy sat out of session. What did you think about you that? Know, I thought it was the right thing to do. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I guess I would say you're hoping he finds his form, maybe. You know, maybe that's why you'd throw him back out there. And at that point, what difference does it make what he's got left for singles? You know, they really needed to win that afternoon session on Saturday, the one that he, that he, that he uh, did, didn't play in. They really needed to win that. And who knows if he would have made a difference. They almost did, though, you know. Yes. They almost did. It was two to two. Yep. You know, but does, does he push them over the edge if he plays? Yeah, there you was, there was a, a, you know, a stretch there where we could have been looking at 10-6 going into Sunday, yeah, and they were pretty familiar with that situation. No question. 10-6 makes you a little nervous because it's been done before twice, and, you know, all it would have taken was – was you know just a tough a tough uh, you know a, a tough start and and who knows and sure enough Rory won the first match but the U.S. won those next ones and it was over you know um, so uh, uh, but yeah they didn't want it to get to ten to six and Europe really did so that's where maybe I might say Rory should have played uh, uh, and and the fact that he didn't you know. I don't know. I have a hard. I really have a hard time finding much fault with Harrington. You know, I thought you know the first day Sergio plays great in the morning. Why wouldn't he play in the afternoon? We can quibble about these things, but the bottom line is is that you know it was just you know they, they the ran US into just, a buzzsaw, as they say. Yeah, Bob. I mean, how many times did the U.S. get off to a really fast start? There weren't that many matches that got to 18, which is always the U.S. bugaboo getting to the 18th hole and not closing out a match or not, you know, not getting a win when a win would give you a tie, not getting a win when a tie would give you a win. So many times over the years they've blown the 18th. It, uh, it, all, it, all, it all went together, and, I, you know, I think it just makes us anticipate the next one even more. We've kind of had four straight blowouts. Yeah, and, I wanted to uh, ask you about that because you hinted about it in your, in your recent uh, story. Um, and I think it was John Wood who, you know, commentates for NBC, uh, tweeted something about, you know, this whole idea of course advantage, home course advantage, and the fact that we've seen these lopsided wins over the last four years, and that maybe they need to come together and change this whole concept of, you know, the setup for the golf course to make the matches closer. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this. I think it's, I, you know, I would argue that Europe could benefit from a longer golf course too. I mean, Rory hits it far. He misses fairways. Rom, you know, some of their longer hitters. I mean, be careful what you wish for when you set up a course like that. If you played the course in Paris and had guys like Morikawa, and, and uh, 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 JT and, you know, for, uh, let's try, you know certainly Shoffley, Cantley, those guys hit it straight. You know, I mean, maybe they'd be well-suited for it. I, I, I sort of feel like you've got, you got to be careful if you change things. 
But on the other hand, the home course advantage is an advantage already without doctoring the course. Think about it. The U.S. guys had the opportunity to go there and play it. That helped, no matter how it was set up. In France, their guys went, and most, you know, I don't know, like seven or eight of their players played in the French Open. That helped. Our guys only one did, JT. Inherently, they're going to have guys who play the Italian tournament in Rome in two years, the one that's played there before the Ryder Cup. Right. You know, and our guys probably aren't going to have that chance. So that's an advantage right there. You know, so to doctor up the course, I'm not sure. You know, I think you could, you know, they, they weren't allowed to touch it once the week began. But like Stricker said, you know, he told the superintendent they talked about it going into the week. And then after that, it's out of their control. Like they can't dictate where the pins are and stuff like that. They can't do that. So um, at least at least they can't during the week. Maybe they could have mentioned it prior. But I don't think they should have any say in that. I really don't. I think there should probably be an independent group that sets up the course that has no interest in either side. And you make it, you know, tough but fair. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you base it on the on the weather conditions. You know, I mean, I don't think you want these guys struggling to make pars either. You know, that seemed to be the issue with Hazeltine. They're all the European guys are saying the course is set up too easy. Okay, well, if it's so easy, take advantage of it. Exactly. You know? So. Well, Whistling Straits certainly came out a winner as well. So. Yes, we're seeing a transition in the USA team, Bob. Certainly, it looks like the same for Europe coming into the 2023 Ryder Cup. You know, they had four guys over 40. Uh, what do you see the future for uh, the Rome Ryder Cup, especially for the Europeans? Yeah, they're going to have to get younger. And, um, you know, even if a guy like, like uh, Poulter or... Westwood makes a team on his own, which would be a terrific achievement. Um, the the fact is, is they can't play four or five matches, you know, so you kind of limit your team from the beginning, you know. And so um, I think they're going to have to get younger just like the U.S. did. They need some of their younger players who have not been in this to step up, like a Robert McIntyre, maybe a Thomas Detry. Uh, what happened to Thomas Peters? You know, he played in the Ryder Cup before. You know, he's a heck of a player still. Um, you know, they've they've got some young guys. That Chris Wood played in the Ryder Cup. You know, those guys have fallen off a little bit. They could use some of those guys to emerge. Uh, and that, that, I think, will make a big difference. And, and obviously, you've still got a strong core with Rory and, uh, and John Rahm. And certainly, you know, Sergio, I don't think, is going anywhere. You know, he'll be fine when he's 43, the way he still hits the ball. You know, so you've got those three guys, a guy like Tommy Fleetwood. And then, of course, you got Victor Hovland. Exactly, Hovland. I forgot about him. He's another one, he's, and he's going to be there for a long time. There's a lot of guys that I think, you know, that they can build around. I just think I, I, the, the final result is shocking to me. I don't think it should mean that it's it's not going to be anything anything uh, you know very competitive going forward. Those guys will be better the next time. Look, you know Hatton wasn't great. Uh, Fleetwood wasn't as great as he was in Paris. Um, you know, uh, 
you know, Shane Lowry had a nice Ryder Cup, but he still had a losing record. He's another guy who was really into it. So, you know, I think there's uh, – I, I would not dismiss them at all. I couldn't agree more. So who's on deck, Bob, in terms of captains for 2023? Well, I think um, – I think we, we, we were telegraphed something when Davis Love was named the President's Cup captain for next year. All the indications were going in that Zach Johnson was going to be the President's Cup next captain. It was, you know, obviously supposed to be this year, uh, was, was going to be the President's Cup captain against Trevor Immelman. And they held off on the announcement. And then when they finally made it, they named Davis, who's been part of these forever. You know, he's been a yes. captain of the U.S. Ryder twice. Cup team twice. It, it seemed curious to me. They didn't name him, which leads me to believe that somebody has declined for 2023 Ryder Cup, and they needed somebody for that. So I think it's going to be Zach. I think Zach will be the Ryder Cup captain in 2023 for the U.S. Um, and, you know, he's perfect. He's certainly um, uh, deserving. Won two majors, played in a bunch of Ryder Cups. He's been assistant now several times, both president. He was, in, he was assistant this week, or last week. He was assistant in Australia, assistant in Paris. I believe he was an assistant at the President's Cup in 17 with Stricker. So he's been around this now, and they, that's exactly the whole point. They're grooming people. So he'll be, I would think he'll be the one. And then for the European side, Westwood's the guy unless he wants to play, and he's going to have to make a decision soon. Because, you know, you can't wait until two months out to make your decision. Uh, and, you know, unless he wants to be the captain and try to play. You know, but that's not always very viable. So a, a lot of conversation about Tiger being very much in the team room and involved with this Ryder Cup, Bob. Uh, any update on Tiger or, you know, how exactly was he present? It sounds to me like um, he sent a couple of text messages that were uh, that were very, you know, stern, you know, to to the point, you know, like don't let up, you know. It sounds like he wanted them to get to 19 points and to have to have a good goal out in front of them on Sunday. Right. Right. Any yep. updates yes. from the Tiger camp on how he's doing? No, that's been very quiet. Very quiet. Well, I think, too, uh, it probably would have, if there was any possible way he could have been there, that would have been a, another distraction that probably both uh, he and Stricker uh, chose the better side of. The, the only way that would have worked is if it would have been done in the team room at the hotel and nobody else knew he was there except them. Which um, probably would have been impossible. Yeah. How about yep, DJ exactly. going five and zero, and uh, the new comedian in the press room? Exactly. Yep. Good for him. I yep. think he was. Yep. You yeah, know, it was fun. It was great to see him that way. I loved. I loved yeah. them uh, needling him, calling him Grandpa at age thirty-seven. Gotta love that. <laughs> exactly. Well, your your final thoughts as we uh, close it up here, Bob. Um, I know yeah, you've been I to mean, a lot I, of Ryder Cups. I think you know. I think it's 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 just it makes you it makes you again realize why it's so great. 
you know, it's it's just um, you know, it's just such a unique event, and yeah. and I, I think when we get away from it for a while, we you know sometimes we forget how great it is and what's why it's such a big deal made out of it. You know, we see again why such a big deal is made out of it, and and uh, you know, it's a, it's a huge event for golf, brings a lot of eyeballs to the sport. And, uh, you know, now the sad thing for, for all of us golf people is it's a long way now until the big events. You know, right. we've got to wait a while. You know, we got to get through three months of the fall. And, and then, you know, once the calendar turns, we start looking forward again. But it's, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, we're on the back end of it now this year, and it's been an incredibly exciting year. Well, we, we know we'll start to hear the twinkling ivories of the Masters theme song Probably as early as uh, Thanksgiving, Bob. So we can we can start uh, thinking about those azaleas before uh, before too long. Exactly. I think we're down to like 185 days. Oh. <laughs> so, so don't don't quote me, but I'm in I'm in the ballpark. So. All right. You know. Well, Bob, as always, we thank you so much for your time, and congrats to Team USA on an incredible Ryder Cup.